So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Regan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Tai Kefu! Did he get it? That's the match winner! running rugby podcast oh the first round of super rugby trans tasman boys we spent a bit of time hyping up these teams on the weekend and what was it, it was in new zealand I won't call it a whitewash uh, all black wash um zero wins from five games for the australian teams toby leo a little bit soul crushing on the weekend especially you have three teams lose by uh sort of or concede 40 or more points to their New Zealand counterparts. Maybe a little bit of sparks of hope, but, I mean, start, starting on Friday night, Highlanders 40, Reds 19. Bit of a hangover from the Super Rugby AU Championship, was it? Oh, almost certainly. Arch, you sound, you sound much more um, sad than I, than I expected. I, I, <laughs> I understand there's, you know, that's that's crushing to have no wins, but definite signs of hope and and from from a couple of areas that or well, certainly the force was a little bit unexpected um this reds game i think it was kind of yeah it was in it was in in predictions that these guys wouldn't be able to back it up again after such a big final finishing the super rugby au season on such a high and and the emotion of that come from behind win um the reds played you know fewer starters than they have all season uh, they were travelling. They were down in Dunedin. Um, look, they got they got beaten by a better team, but there were times when this game was sort of seven points um, within seven points, and and the Reds were scoring tries, and then it's called back for a forward pass, and you know they were definitely in this, even though they didn't have their full strength, and they also lost James O'Connor um, through the halftime period to a HIA. So um, when this team's at full strength. Um, I think they'll, they'll probably be glad that they dropped this game um, to a team that they don't expect to be a contender because they need to be able to beat the teams that are going to be up on the table, the Chiefs, the Crusaders, maybe a resurgent Blues. Um, the the Reds will be okay. They'll, they'll have to get Hunter back. They'll get James O'Connor back, hopefully. They'll, they'll put the full-strength side in and, and they'll give all these other teams a good rip. Benefit, I guess, seeing what Vunivalu can do out there on the wing as well. That's a nice little cameo from him uh, off the bench with two tries and probably two nice aerials. Yeah, really, really quality. Um, definitely, definitely knows how to put the knee in the ribs AFL style and and mm. get up over the defence. And there's not many guys who would be, you know, even have the height and the athleticism to out jump him. Um, you know, someone like Geordie's probably got it, but. If he wants to pull that move on McKenzie or some of the other shorter backs around the the Chiefs sort of group or the um, or the Blues, maybe then yeah, he's definitely going to have the advantage. Yeah, for me, the Reds just like having a bit of lack of dominance in the forward pack and conceding a couple of rolling ball tries. I think that was the biggest difference I sort of noticed in this, and um, that's what we've known them having that powerhouse sort of forward pack um, to get them on the front foot and not having that. I think. Yeah, really hurts you a little bit. 
Moving to the other game, and this is where we were um, Friday night at the SCG, the Waratahs Hurricanes, 64 points, the Hurricanes win this. But the Tars, I mean, just a lot of attack in this game, 48 points to the Tars, 17 total tries in this game. It ended up looking a bit like a, a training match, sort of no one was really wanting to play any defence in this. Yeah, it was like an exhibition. Um, and the try at the end, uh, initiated by Will Harrison from inside the Waratahs 22, was amazing. Um, also showed how sort of slow and rangy Maddox looks at the end of a game, probably because he's tired. But um, yeah, like I guess that that's a good sign that they can put all the phases together and come away with that many points. But the defense is a disaster uh, for both teams, really. There's need to be big changes there if either of these te- either of these two teams want to win another game. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's promising that the Waratahs were able to, I guess, be a bit more creative and put on those sort of points. And we know that the Hurricanes aren't particularly strong defensively either. But, you know, it's much better than, I'm sure we'll get to it in a, mo- in a moment, but the Rebels, you know, scoring three points. There wasn't as, I guess, bad a reaction to this one because it looked like the Waratahs were at times being quite competitive. Um, but the Hurricanes did look a little bit like, not that they weren't taking this game seriously, but they didn't seem to ever feel like they're under threat too much of, of conceding the game. And, you know, they were playing a lot of attacking full throttle rugby, um, which, yeah, as a spectator, is great to watch. But I think both these teams will need to tighten up dramatically if they're going to get many wins in this competition. Yeah, 100% agree. And I, I was surprised, actually, the there was quite a few negative articles coming out about the Tars. And I think just in in relation to, like, what you said, the Rebels, like, they still put on 48 points. Like, they had some nice flares, nice flashes, but um, defence obviously just wasn't there. But two teams that I don't think are going to be anywhere near the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman final later on. Um, I don't think the Hurricanes have what it what it takes either probably the best game and probably what i'm thinking may end up being in the final the crusaders brumbies over there in christchurch crusaders winning this one um on the back of a missed conversion right and full time by lalesio 31 to 29 um just outstanding areas from from both teams i think here really showing a little bit of the um form and i think if there's one thing that I think is showing promise in Australian rugby, I think it was in this game of showing a little bit of what the Brumbies can do and putting a few of the Kiwi fans and Kiwi commentators on notice with some of the play of, of players like, well, Tom Banks is the obvious one with that just breakout try um, running through uh, three um, Crusaders and just showing his pace and his range. And Chris Latham, Toby, you keep saying it. That's, that's what he looked like in full flight there. Yeah, and when he plays like this, I mean, you can see why he should have a lot of potential at Wallabies level as well. Um, but he doesn't, maybe he doesn't do this every game. Obviously, it's hard to score a try like that. But we want to see attacking glimpses like this out of him every game. Um, but when he hits form, you know Tom Banks can score tries from anywhere. I just think it was the way the Brumbies were setting up a lot of the plays in this. Passes were going way out in front. They are on the front foot. Um, they had a good amount of physicality about them. And they just look sharp. Um, and I think they just were the closest to what a Kiwi team looks like in, in full flight. And you can see it when you're watching on TV, like it just looks crisp. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, the Brumbies, 
will be potent. They will do a lot in this competition. I think they've somewhat underperformed during Super Rugby AU, and that's come down to probably injuries and a few players out of form. Um, but I think overall they're a very well-balanced team. They've got great combinations, a good mix of, you know, youth and experience. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking for big things from them. And I think, you know, like the Reds, they'll bounce back. This is, you know, a bit of an aberration, I think. It's the, the Crusaders, they nearly got it anyway. Um, it was really came down to the wire. So I think they should be pretty buoyant after this performance. Yeah, absolutely agree. The, the Brumbies looked like the Australian version of the Crusaders. They had some really uh, strong defensive structure, some really good set piece. Um, Noel Alessio, like really just the, the tale of woe for Australian teams kicking and in critical moments uh, continues. But um, like he had a great game and, you know, shades of early Moanga, like just for that elusive um, sort of way of, of avoiding players and creating things out of nothing, like definitely going to see more and more um, impressive play out of him and, you know, exciting play from both the centres, Simone and, and Ikitao are excellent. The forwards all really stood up, some some no-name type guys in the Brumbies this week and and they sort of did their bit. And it was really, you know, it's the odd bit of brilliance from Moana cutting through and scoring his own try um, from the set piece. And you just go, oh, well, when, you know, when you've got a guy who can just do that at, at the perfect moment and, and get them out again ahead, um, the, the way they respond so quickly after they, they concede points, they come out and score their own is really impressive. So um, Brumby should take heart. If they play like that against the other three, sorry, against the other four New Zealand teams, um, and they're on a big road trip too. They've got two away games to go in a row. Um, but if they can take something home from New Zealand, at least one, probably two wins would have to be, I guess, and then two at home, they're, they're in the box seat for the Australian sides now. I think they're looking really sharp. Yeah, I think you're right. And the, the biggest difference in this is just Moana and Toby, I think you were you're saying before we started recording about like maybe maybe that is how he looked um, how Noel Alessio looked five years ago. Maybe there is some sort of ability to um, grow into this sort of thing, and maybe that's sort of bouncing back from his Wallabies performances. I want to see the same thing for Simone this year. I think he's just looking really good at the moment as well. I think he probably needs to be considered to get another chance at a Wallabies jersey, even after the sort of poor um, position he found himself in last year in that game in Sydney. Yeah, I think <clears throat> primarily as well, if if we don't think that, say, Iki Tower is ready to start at 13 for the Wallabies and we think, well, Tamua maybe is a better bench option. We don't want him starting at 12. You can play Hunter Paisami at 13 and, and Simone could be an option at 12. And not, you know, no, they don't have those combinations formed yet, but you, you should be picking players in form. And I think Simone's shown over the last two years, he has that all round game that can benefit the Wallabies. That right to left pass, Tom Wright, which led to the Valentini try, you know, that was a piece of brilliance. Um, he shows his class week to week and, you know, there were big raps on him coming into the Waratahs a few years back and he he didn't perform to the level that people thought he would. But, you know, the Brumbies have really, I think, boosted up his confidence. He, you know, he's ready to chance his hand. And I think, you know, the, his kicking game, his passing game and his ability to carry because he is a big body as well, 
I think could really benefit the Wallabies at 12, at 12. And he is a specialist 12, so that's really good as well. Biggest thing I thought from the Crusaders, I saw Ethan Blackadder as well. Another really solid came from him. A couple of big line breaks, gets himself a try. Um, higher sort of metres of any of the forwards. He's a guy that I think is going to be your sort of um, front runner for getting a spark of sort of all blacks cap potentially this year, um, potentially in their sort of July tests. Um, going forward, and Toby mentioned before, but the Blues sort of came back against this Rebels team and probably what we thought this Rebel team was going to be more of this year, uh, 50 points to three. Three points only could the Rebels mount at home in Melbourne against this Blues team that, I don't know, seemed to maybe they recaptured the fun, the, that that try that they put together with sort of um, back and forth passings and basketballs and um, gridiron throws back and forth um, with a, a corner kick coming from Harry Plummer at the end there was just, I mean, fair enough, be the try of the season. Do you, do you believe this coming from this Blues team that has obviously had a bit of a dip in the end of the Aotearoa season? Do you think this is just a product of playing the Rebels? Or do you think this is suddenly they've found that sort of thing, magic that they missed? I think this is, I think this is definitely a product of playing the Australian side, but that's not to say it's not going to be the trigger for the Blues to get some confidence back. And, you know, they've proven how many different ways they can score tries. They've unearthed another good player in uh, Zahn Sullivan. Um, the, you know, racking up six tries to none, keeping the Rebels to three. They didn't score after the 10th minute. It was just a clinic. It was an absolute clinic. And it was actually really enjoyable to watch if you could put the pain of the Australian team to one side. Um, the Blues just looked exciting and creative and like like the last year Blues. So, yeah, it's probably, you know, up against an easy beat team that just really doesn't have any firepower in the backs to stop the Blues and, and the forwards weren't really up to it either, really. Like Michael Wells put on a couple of good hits and Richard Harbwick got one pilfer and that was about it. But this, the Blues team were line-breaking all over the place. They had thir- uh, 19 clean breaks and beat 28 defenders. Like just they were just having fun all over the park. That could be the trigger for them to um, to really, you know, just get back into that rhythm and form of last year get some confidence up, get some um, sort of recollect how well they did last year and how easy it was. And, you know, against most of the Australian teams, they'll, they'll be able to do this a lot of the time. It's, um, it's only going to be the hard-nosed defensive sides that are going to be able to shut them down. I think it's, it is a product, I think, of confidence. They're a confidence team, but I think they're playing almost without the pressure that came with that Alteroa competition. And yeah, the, the Australian sides clearly, uh, you know, at least three of them are a notch below a lot of those Kiwi teams. But I think playing away from home for the Blues, they don't have the scrutiny as much. You know, people were expecting them to win. But yeah, I just feel like they wouldn't have had the pressure on them. And so they just could play free-flowing football, play to their strengths. And this might actually real, make them realise a bit more what their strengths are. Maybe they're a team that needs to play with less structure they got players across the park that have all the skills needed to play like that. Um, you know, back rowers that can throw any pass in the world and, and range wide and, you know, some big bodies in the back still as well to actually carve teams up. Um, I think they're still maybe struggling for complete direction there at 10, 
But a Terry Black's looking a lot better than he was earlier in the season. So I think they can continue to build on this. Um, and yeah, I think just, look, it was they were hyped up again for this year. They didn't deliver on the New Zealand competition, but you may find that they're there towards the business end of this competition. And then the final game was over in Perth, the Western Force, going down by one point, 20 points to 19 against the Chiefs. Uh, a tough one again, um, Miotti missing uh, the final conversion that could have put them in front. Um, amazing to see the likes of Kahui and Liam Messam um, having photos after the game. Sort of the two sort of iconic members of past Chiefs teams sort of coming back into the fold. Um, a lot of penalties, a lot of cards in this game, um, three yellow cards and a red card to go along with a um, penalty try. So, I mean, this is probably the most highly penalised sort of um, game of the weekend. Um, do you think the Force deserved to win that? No, I think they deserved it. I think they. Um, it's a little bit disappointing they didn't do more after they got that penalty try because they had, um, at that point, they had then two men down. So they played against 13 men for 10 minutes and couldn't put on any points um, and then followed that up early in the second half with their own yellow card. So they did make it hard for themselves, but they they were there when it counted late in the game. The the red card to Jacobson, which is probably going to have, you know, that's going to be flow on effects into the next couple of weeks, you'd imagine might be hurting the Chiefs a little bit more. Um the force were there at the end and and to think that they were the one Australian team that, you know, the, the a win was just a kick away. The, the Brumbies obviously could have got a draw, but the force really were on, on the, on the cusp of a, of a win and being the only Australian team with a, with a one against their name in that column. Um, they looked really solid. They, again, they're just looking more and more like a 15 man outfit that play really well together, know their strengths. Um, they've just got to do it for 80 minutes. They've, they would consider the the time they spent 15 on 13 poor, um, particularly, yeah, just, you know, they conceded points. They, they conceded penalties in their half. They didn't need to, to be rash to take risks. They just need to secure the ball and get a couple of their leader players with their heads up saying, this is where the space is. Let's, you know, make good decisions, kick at the right time, run at gaps, go edge to edge and just really stretch this Chiefs team out. It, it should have been easier. Um, I guess it's a sign that they're not pot polished enough yet because good teams would have made hay, would have made two or three tries out of 10 minutes against 13 players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, perhaps the Chiefs were struggling a little bit like the Reds did coming off that final. Um, you know, the fact they didn't win the final, I think, is one thing they still probably would have had a bit of a let their hair down session afterwards. And, you know, then flying to Perth, it's a lot to take on. But, you know, I think that the force just have a lot of belief in their systems. They're experienced players, a lot of these guys, and they don't lack confidence. They're one team that will probably perform above where they, you know, a lot of people would rate them. Um, so I think they have the ability to to upset teams. Chiefs, probably I, I think they'll bounce back from this pretty well. They got a narrow win, obviously, but um, yeah, I think they'll they'll get better as the competition goes along. Before we go on to round two of Trans-Tasman, um, top league semifinals were happening over the weekend. Um, so we had the Wild Knights and Toyota of the Blitz going up against each other and Suntory Goliath and the Kubota Spears. So Wild Knights, on the back of a bit of magic for from um, Kengi Fukuoka, hat-trick for him, 
took theirs 48 to 21 to knock out Michael Hooper and Kieran Reid um, and the Toyota Verblitz, which may spell the um, return of Michael Hooper for the Trans-Tasman comp, as well as Kieran Reid's retirement from um, rugby in all the forms. Um, but Robbie Dean shows that he's still the, the king up there in the top league, but he's, he's going to have to prove it against the other um, big names in Suntory Goliath, who 26 to 9 took it over the Kubota Spears as well. So they, they face off against each other uh, this weekend, uh, Sunday afternoon, Australian time, 2 p.m., 4 p.m., New Zealand time. And then that'll be a cracking match, I think, Arch. It'll be, you know, hopefully high scoring. I mean, hopefully these teams don't start to tighten up too much because we know what they can do. They play exciting footy. We're going to see some, you know, some significant stars playing. Obviously, Bowden Barrett, hopefully Karevi's out there, Hadley Parks, you know, Sean McMahon. Who else we got for the Wild Knights? I mean, we've got Harry Hawkins, less of a name, but Australians will know him. For Wild Knights, um, I'm probably less familiar with some of their stars. But, yeah, it's going to definitely going to be close in terms of the odds. I'd say the Sun Goliath will be favoured. They've been pretty dominant all year, and that's our team. So we'll be cheering them on. But, yeah, these two teams have dominated top league over the last you know, decade or so. Yeah, I'm backing your pick there as well. I think um, Suntory are looking to take the mantle of Panasonic um, for the first time in, in many years there. But yeah, definitely well-placed. I'll, I'll be tuning in for that one. Going forward to round two of Trans-Tasman Rugby. Um, so we have Friday night, the Hurricanes hosting the Rebels while the Western Force are hosting the Highlanders over in Perth there as well. Hurricanes, you think there's another 50-point game? Yeah, look, I mean, the the season thus far for the Rebels has not been uh, a highlight reel of big try-scoring matches. Their, their points for per game is capped somewhere around 20 if they're lucky. Um, these Hurricanes at home will put points on. Um, you know, I feel like it's, I feel like this is one of the ones where I'd tip a big margin. I'd sort of think about it being like 20, but really, I mean, probably should be a lot more because I really worried that the the Rebels just don't have attacking firepower. They, they may score another single digit um, amount of points and and you just know the Hurricanes are going to put on four or five tries. It's it's going to happen at home with, with the attacking talent they've got. Um, really good unsung forward pack and and they're starting to get a bit more out of Reuben Love too in the backs, leading them around. Geordie's sharing the the um, first receiver duties a bit more. The, hopefully, the Rebels... hopefully um, Love is all right. Um, yeah, true. After getting stretched off. Yeah, it was a nasty looking thing and hopefully he was moving all his limbs and things. But yeah, yeah. I haven't heard too much about whether we'll see him this weekend or not. Very true. I'd actually um blank that out. That was that was awful. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I expect the the rebels. You know they're going to play, try and play a big tactical kicking game, try and push the the hurricanes back into their end and and pin them down through some hard nosed defense. But I just I just don't think they have much in the way of you know line breaking talent at the moment. They're they're short. They're big ball runners. Um, they just the backs are a bit small. They got outclassed massively by the Blues. The confidence is probably pretty low, and and they've got a motley coaching group. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is 
this could be a very, very big margin. It could be the the same as, you know, it could be the Waratahs-Hurricanes game without the 48 points by the Tars. Yeah, I think when the Rebels, I think they're averaging less than one and a half tries per game this season. You know, Marika Korobiti has yet to score a try um, at all this year. So they're missing some even big names like that that just aren't performing to their usual levels. And I think there's just way too much pressure and responsibility on Matt Tamua, particularly when you're playing Campbell Magne there at 12. Yeah, he's a big body and he can carry the ball well, but he doesn't offer a whole lot else in terms of variation, in terms of creativity around for the other backs. And yeah, I just think the Rebels will struggle to score points. I think they'll probably focus on their defense and think that they can possibly muscle up and contain this team. But I think they probably thought the same with the Blues. And on their day, the Hurricanes can be just as potent as, as the Blues. So it is probably a question of the margin by how much the, the Hurricanes will win this game. It could be 40, it could be 50. I mean, hopefully it doesn't get too embarrassing for a Rebels team that's just seen Victorian rugby, I think, unveil a new facility to be built for rugby, I think $100 million or something going forward. So there's been a significant investment into Victorian rugby and it wouldn't be a good look for them to to, to lose a game by a, a similar margin to last week. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, odds are that that's probably what's happening. Um what about the Western Force? Obviously, they get to hang around in Perth this week while the Highlanders are making their way all the way from Dunedin over to there. Um, this has got to be our first sort of look at potentially an Australian win in this competition, surely, you got to think. Yeah, I again, I, I think the Highlanders faced an understrength red team. The Reds had their opportunities. They didn't, they didn't quite grasp them. Um, but that game was available uh, and a better Reds team, I think, would have done it. The Western Force just keep improving. They they rocked the Chiefs last week. Um, another team travelling distance to Perth. This this is a big opportunity. They, they should be targeting this one, certainly. Um, it'll be if the the prowess of the, the Aaron Smiths leading the, the Highlanders around um, can, can just outsmart and, and outmanoeuvre force team that's looking very solid in defense very solid in set piece um and maybe is really just so far maybe struggling a bit to unlock their own attack uh consistently um it will be interesting to see as well who the who the force to play we had a, a different looking back line last week to what they'd played in most of super rugby au had rob carney coming back in richard kui starting um I guess it worked pretty well. Um, and if they can build on what they did last week, score a couple more tries, um, the way they defended and held the Chiefs out, I think they're a chance here. I don't know if I'm ready to tip them. I am gonna I'm gonna wait for the teams list, but I think this is this is gonna be close. So it'll be a close margin no matter what um 15s are picked for each side. Sorry, was this Perth or Dunedin? Yes. Perth. Perth. Yeah, I just think any team going to Perth, they 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 find it tough. Um, I think even the All Blacks, obviously, last time they were in Perth, record score against them. Um, Highlanders, obviously, will be pretty happy with that first win. Though, I'm kind of in the same boat as Leo. I'm not sure if I'm really ready to tip a force team for a win here. I think they'll be really competitive. Um, but will it be another situation where they only 
you know, they dropped the game by a few points. I think now that the the Highlanders will be wary of them, given they came so close to beating the Chiefs, um, I think the Highlanders will still probably get across the line here. But yeah, I think the Force again, they'll put in a good performance, um, and I think you know it's you can, it's a performance to be proud of. This is a team that barely lets you down um, on a consistent basis. So I think yeah, they'll be good, but maybe not good enough. That's a good point, actually, Teddy, that they've almost showed their cards, showed their potential against the Chiefs. So they're probably not going to be able to surprise anyone as a result now. Yeah. Now looking at Saturday, and we've got a triple header going on again. I love this. So we've got the Blues hosting the Waratahs in Eden Park, a game where I will be present at. I'm not nice. sure if I'm going to wear my Waratahs jersey there or not. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I'm a bit wary of it. And then we have um, the Chiefs hosting the Brumbies. Obviously, Brumbies, second week of their um, New Zealand tour there. And the Reds, back to Suncorp, Crusaders coming over there. So big couple of games in the evening there on Saturday. But let's start with the Blues-Waratahs, guys. Nice little afternoon game. Um, what's the forecast, Arch? Is it going to be nice and dry? Maybe a, a crisp 15. 15. Yeah, 15 degrees down in Auckland. Uh, yeah, slightly cloudy, 18, over, high of 18 on Saturday. So Mate, that's a little bit crisper than maybe they're used to in Sydney. Yeah, well, but not the Blues. And like they'll be, they'll be, you know, ready to play some some attacking ball in the sun. Um, I think I've I've just been sort of preemptively putting in some margins now, and I'm I'm not sure I'm I'm happy with where I got to. I think this is going to be another big scoring game. Waratahs, young group. Um, Traveling to Auckland, it's a fairly intimidating ground. I think the the Blues will be coming in off for high, and I don't know if do we do expect the Waratahs to have something in the bag to surprise the Blues because that's you know the early surprise and a bit of momentum is probably the only way the Blues come unstuck if you shake them a bit and make them question what they're doing. Um, I don't think the Waratahs are a mature enough outfit to keep that up for eighty minutes. So this is definitely in my mind is a three try potentially worse margin um because the blues are probably slightly better defenders than the hurricanes were last week like given the hurricanes must have been pretty awful to concede 48 yeah i think off the back of the way the blues played in melbourne they're going to be riding high i think they'll they'll be feeling that confidence again waratahs are still staring down the barrel of the winless campaign as well you've got to remember that the longer this goes on the more pressure that builds on them and there's no bigger pressure cooker situation than going to Eden Park generally so I think they're going to struggle with an inexperienced group I mean they've really got a limited amount like there's not expectations on them at all Um, but they're going to be so desperate to get a win on the board before this season ends I don't think it's going to come this week I think the Blues will be ready to score a lot of tries again. It's whether the Waratahs can do a little bit of what they did against the Canes and and get a bit creative and score some tries out of nowhere because that might give them some confidence as well. But like you say, Leo, I think if they don't get ahead early, the Waratahs, you know, absolutely no chance. It will be interesting to see um, if the Ben Donaldson project continues because he's been looking good, but then when you get Will Harrison coming on late and, and initiating a try like he did last week... There's going to be some some twitchy coaches there going, oh, can we can we get him back involved? How do we do this? Just don't think you can drop 
Donaldson Archer. Could you put Donaldson at fullback? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly what, what we said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that we talk about Maddox needing confidence to play, but oh. push him to the wing. Just push him to the wing. I mean, the Wanganitawa say I don't think is still he's not ready for Super Rugby. Defensively, he wasn't. He's he not end up on the weekend. Some... Big boys, obviously, with Sade and Rayasi, but yeah. I think we've got the centre pairing right. We've got Newsom there is pretty reliable and you saw him score that try in space. He can move when he needs to. Maddox is still, you know, he's so frustrating. You can see it written all over his face how embarrassed he was. He wasn't even cracking a smile after he scored that last try. Like we've talked about before, he needs to get out of this kind of situation he's in. He needs a change of scenery. Um, it's sad because he's from Sydney, he's come back and has had a pretty tough time of it. But he's got potential. I just think that it's it's really difficult when you're under that sort of pressure. And he probably feels like he's carrying this back line a little bit. And you've got to do the simple things right and put that ball down. If he feels like he's carrying the back line, I wonder when he remembers picking them up. Mate. He's, he's honestly, like he's got so much potential. Him and Jake, really. Yeah, him and Jake. I mean, you've got to remember, Maddox is quite experienced, but he doesn't act like it, and I think that's the problem. Um, I don't think really he needs to, though. To... You, look at, you look at who they've got now. He should just be okay. But they, they talked to Everyone him does their bit. when we came back into the season, and he sort of said then how he realised he was sort of one of the senior members of that back line, which was different to a lot of other times. So I think from then on, he's sort of been put up on a bit of a pedestal or something for these guys. Yeah, look, I have to say, I think Donaldson will stay there. I just don't think he's done enough wrong. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's worth disrupting the cohesion that they've kind of started to form by moving him to fullback. I think he deserves to keep that jersey until he puts in a, a bad performance and warrants Will Harrison coming back in. Because Will Harrison's had a pretty good run of starts prior to this. And I think Ben Donaldson deserves his opportunity to. And the Blues should be keeping Zahn Sullivan at 15 the same way because he's had two good games um, coming out of nowhere. Uh, he's a big guy. He's very a tall, very isn't tall he? guy and he's got some long-range kicking on him as well, which is a handy yeah. sort of aspect to have. So Huge um, asset. Nice little mullet. <laughs> yeah, that's what well. you'd like. <laughs> but yeah, just sort of replacing that multiple number 10s that the Blues were rocking, um, having more of an out-and-out 15, I think, helps as well. Chiefs Brumbies, fellas. Where are you feeling this? Game. This, this is this is another one where I think this is the only other real option for a win this weekend. Oh, putting the Reds out for dead, are we? Uh, no, but seriously, like the the Chiefs, if they play as they played with the ill discipline and um and you know just McKenzie back at ten, it just just didn't really seem to to work that well. Um, they looked a bit uh, disjointed at times in that game, um, the, the Brumbies can absolutely get them because of the performance they, they put in against Crusaders last week. If, if each team plays like they did last week, the Brumbies, I would, I would be happy to tip. Yep. Uh, look, for me, I think Brumbies, I think they're good enough to do this. I think the Chiefs, you know, I think it'll be a pretty electric game. They've got some great players that can score tries from anywhere like we know, but I think the Brumbies... They're starting to to build as well with their combinations. 
even more strongly. Balotini's looking amazing. Um, and I've always been such a big fan of this Brumbies back line. So I think they can actually do some good things in this game and, and get the win um, and hopefully keep themselves alive for a, alive for a finals um, berth. Yeah, especially I think their their defense um, and ability to do what the force did to shut down McKenzie would make a big difference. I think for these guys as well. Um, uh, it's still it's still now. I'm just so apprehensive about putting a tip on an Australian team to actually win when we do our tipping. Though it's really hard Don't to say that. We just put a bet on. Remember, more than we four did, and a half wins. We did put bets on for more than four and a half wins um, for Australian teams in this game, which. I was so surprised. In what this was season. The... In the season. In the season. Sorry. In the yeah, whole yeah. season. Um, but what, what was the odds? It was over two dollars, wasn't it? Two two sixty five or something. Amazing, um, amazing. Sort of the disbelief that even the Australian tipping agencies have um, for these ones. What about the Reds game, guys? Up in Suncorp, I'm sure Brad Thorne would be spewing about sort of the results last week and he would have had his men working real hard. I'm sure he'll put back a, as full of strength as he can sort of get um, for this game against the Crusaders. Yeah, that's what we hope. Um, want to see the Reds at their full strength at home. Um, I guess we're still a little bit unsure. Hunter Paisami, whether, whether he's 100% fit. If he will play, James O'Connor still got a question mark um, after his HIA. Like you hope that he recovers well from that. I guess they kept him out, um, although he, he was kept out in the second half of that game. So um, he hasn't hasn't had a full eighty minutes to recover from. So hopefully that means that they can feel the full strength side because the Crusaders, having beaten the Brumbies now, will know that this is this is the the other game they need to lock up because the other three are probably going to be another tier and a different level. So um, this is blockbuster. I mean, this, this almost this um, weekend is really building from a, from a hurricanes rebels game. That's going to be a very one-sided walkover. I can imagine through some blues excitement, some chiefs Brumbies grind, and then a a reds crusaders um, finale at Suncorp. This is, this is a great weekend of rugby and, and I just hope that the two teams come out full strength. And if they do, I'll tip the Reds by one. Yeah, good faith, Leo. I think the, I think the Reds can do it. I think Jock will come back in. I think Vunavalu starts. I think um, you'll see Hunter Paisami. I think Brad Thorne's going to be, like you said, up them all week. And I think they'll they'll come back with a vengeance here. Um, the Crusaders obviously have the ability to drop the odd game here and there. We've seen it again this season. And Cauldron Suncorp, I think, plays a factor. I think it'll be a big crowd, um, you know, in favour of the Reds, obviously. I think that really boosts them. And they're going to be, you know, the, the public will be getting behind them coming off that grand final win. And, yeah, it's it's the biggest draw card of the season in Super Rugby. The Crusaders, you know, a great team to watch, but they... They have some big names as well. So I think it's I think it's going to be the Reds and it's going to start up front. I think the Reds have the Ford pack to put it to the Crusaders and then hopefully guys like Vunavalu can finish some of those tries like he did on the weekend. So do you think you see Patea and Vunivalu on the wings then? Or yeah. Campbell? Maybe Campbell to or fullback. Or Dalguno? Big call because like as much as 
I like Campbell. Um, he's definitely coming along. Hegarty was hugely busy in that game against the Highlanders on the weekend. Yeah, I don't think you can not have Hegarty on out there at the moment. Yeah, like, and he held up. Like he was really good, and he came into ten, and he was good there too. Um, obviously, he didn't get the wind, but like just played out of his skin. Un- under um, underrated in that game, I guess. So very difficult to not find a space for him. Maybe maybe Jock Campbell does end up on the bench. It's amazing to think you can have a situation where you got Jock Campbell and Dalgunu and and others and Fluke and like all these guys who'd probably walk into um, three other super rugby teams in Australia and they're going to be on the bench if that. Um, but yeah, I, I think they probably need Hegarty. I think he's still good stability at the back, um, but it does make selections very difficult. And that might be the case more as well if, if Jock is carrying a little niggle, if he's not 100%. Hegarty, is, Hegarty does have that really calm head on his shoulders and he's, he's an experienced guy. Um, I always just find him awkward to watch. And I think, you know, against some of these quicker uh, Crusaders backs, it could be an issue, but he's probably just like, he's quicker than he looks, I guess. And he has great decision-making at the back. So maybe that's someone you need. Um, I think the physicality, the Reds will need to bring will, will have to be huge. And they have the ability to do that with their, you know, some of their big forwards, Harry Wilson, Lucan, um, you know, Taniel obviously up front. They need to be dominant in the set piece. It starts with that and then hopefully it can flow through down to some quick ball and, yeah, get their backs involved. So tipping the Crusaders? Tipping no the Reds. Reds. You want to tip the Reds? Yeah. You guys have more, more confidence in me after watching those Crusaders this year. Um, but I like it. I like I like the belief that we, we still have, even after a disappointing first week. Um, but things things always change. And our first taste of New Zealand sort of rugby coming over here, uh, I think I think will help every week that we get to play these guys. And it's what we need to see more of. Anything else, guys, you want to cover? Or are you good? Another solid week of tipping in MLR. I didn't even look at it. Number one in Australia. <laughs> number You're one in Australia. Ten in the, tenth in the world. <laughs> tenth in the world. You got to shoot for number one in the world. I'm, I'm, nice. I'm pushing. I'm pushing. There's a bloke who's uh, is doing pretty well. I think he's about four and a half points ahead. But Toby, yeah. at the moment, I think I've got you by about thirteen in our in our little tipping comp. So uh, I think I can bank that. Can you divulge your techniques? Because I just, I don't know. I just look at the table. I'm like, yeah, that's slightly higher than that team. I just, you know, you, when you don't know the players that well, it's kind of, it is very difficult. I'm going to be honest. I am, um, as a bit of a test, I'm applying a bit of a system because I don't also, I also don't know a lot of the players and I don't think knowing the few that I do would be enough. Um, so yeah, there's a bit of an algorithm going on there. Seems to be paying off well. I'll, I'll let you in at, at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, you can help me out. I think... Okay. The other thing, Arch, that I just, I think the Wallabies jersey was a significant unveiling towards the end of last week, was it? Um, yeah, obviously a new sponsor, Cadbury, coming on board to replace Qantas um, and pairing that with the, the new colour scheme, the, the gold that's come from the 91 World Cup winning jersey. So that was unveiled by Rugby Australia and I think it's going to generate a fair bit of excitement and probably a lot of jersey sales going forward. Um, you know, I think it's it's one thing to keep that collar. Obviously, I think that's a bit disappointing by ASICs, but the rest of the jersey looks pretty solid. And 
the brand ind- integration's good. So, you know, it's good to have some continuity going forward with the color scheme because there, there were some pretty heady, hideous jerseys over the last, say, 15 years or so. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good to kind of establish that branding and, you know, maybe they won't be able to change their jersey as much going forward and that's probably going to, you know, maybe people won't be buying them as often, but I think a lot of people this year will be running, running out to get the first one. Yeah, really well integrated, I think, into it. So I'm looking forward again to see how it looks on the actual players because I think that made a difference last year. I think we were talking about it that while we were a bit set back at looking at the collar when we we're just looking at the jerseys on the actual players, it, it didn't sort of hit quite as hard as, as so sort of striking um, and a bit more subtle, which was good. The other thing that I'll just mention is the All Blacks have... Um, finalise their July test um, that they're doing in. So two games against Fiji, which we knew they'd extended, and one game versus Tonga. Um, What I think is really good as well, though, uh, that Samoa is playing two test matches in New Zealand as well. Um, So prelim games, so they're taking on the Maori All Blacks before the All Blacks Tonga game, and then Tonga v Samoa before the second of the All Blacks versus Fiji game. Uh, down there in Hamilton as well. So a couple of really uh, interesting games and I think really good to get those teams playing in New Zealand as well. Yeah, and obviously the French have confirmed they're coming as well to Australia, so that's huge. Um, And hopefully with a full-strength team. But yeah, it's a tough test for the Wallabies, three games first up against the French. I think they'll they'll have to be on their game to, to get those results. At the moment, I think we'll probably be just hoping that we're at full strength health-wise. Like, again, guys like Hunter Paisami, I still see is pretty critical in the Wallabies outfit, although we may have some better backups now. But just want to see the Wallabies at full strength after this bruising uh, trans-Tasman phase because um, there's still still a fair few big games to go. We'll definitely need a bit of rotation just because it's three games over the course of two weeks. Um, so it, it's, it definitely makes it pretty tough and pretty hard. So I think there will have to be a little bit of um, rotation in there anyway, which is probably good for it and probably what the good French will have to do as well. Yeah. Well, that probably sets us off for another week in the Running Rugby podcast. We'll obviously be back next week, hopefully celebrating a couple of Australian victories. Uh, make sure you are following us on Instagram at Running Rugby Podcast or on Twitter at Running Rugby Pod and subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts. A couple of big games, especially that triple header down there on Saturday. So definitely a bit of stuff to to set yourself a timer for. And make sure to remember that top league game, Sunday afternoon, Suntory, Bowden Barrett, Samu Karevi versus Robbie Deans and the Panasonic Wild Knights. See if Fukuoka gets a couple more games. It's his last season in top league before he retires as well. So lots to look forward to this weekend, right? Make sure you catch all of that on stand as well. That's it from us. Keep on running. Run.